0: Um, Thanks for joining us everybody Um, from wherever you are. I'm here in Seattle, Washington. Jacob I believe is in Wisconsin. He can maybe correct me if I'm wrong later. Um, This is our second webinar that we're hosting um, the confirmation project is hosting and we're really excited to um, have Jacob Sorensen share with you today some of the findings that he's been working on and the research that he's been working on that has to do with confirmation camp and experiential learning Um, If you don't know Jacob, he um, has a ton of energy and will be, I think, a very exciting person to listen to for the next uh, 40 minutes. He um, has worked as a camp director at two different camps, one at Crossroads in New Jersey and another called Sugar Creek Bible Camp in Wisconsin. And He's currently uh, a PhD student at Luther Seminary in Madison, no, Minneapolis, Minnesota. And so, um, he's going to be leading our time together and giving us a presentation. And what will happen, just so you know the format, is there should be a box where you can um, write in questions. So you'll write them in. You can write them in throughout his presentation and I'll be keeping track of those. And when we have about 15 or 20 minutes left at the end, um, I will pose those questions to Jacob and we'll be able to hear some of his responses. Realistically we might not be able to get to all of the questions, but they'll be really helpful for Jacob to hear as he's working on his dissertation throughout the year. And I also just wanted to invite you throughout the upcoming 2015 and 2016 year to participate in additional webinars that we have coming up. Um, I'll tell you the next one is going to be with Sylvia Bull. She's somebody who's been working on our project and is now teaching confirmation this year. So we want to hear from her about um, what type of things that she's learning. I can um, remind you of that also at the end. The other thing I just want to tell people, and I'll invite you to at the end of our presentation as well, is that our project is actually going to do a second wave of research this coming year. So if you didn't get to participate last year, you'll have another chance. And one way you can do that is to sign up through our website. That might be the way you got to this. this webinar and if that's the case you don't need to sign up again but um, we'd love to have as uh, a rich um, as rich of a body of research as we're able to draw from and the more people we hear from and the more youth especially um, the better that will be. So um, I don't want to take up any more time I'll let Jacob take over. Please write your questions in as you have them and um, thank you Jacob for, for leading us today.
1: Great thank you Katie it is so nice to uh, to be here. Um, I appreciate the invitation. It's been so much fun being part of this project. Um, the confirmation project really is a tremendous effort uh, by some great scholars and uh, Katie is one of our two co-directors and um, has just been doing a wonderful job leading us and it's five denominations it's just it's a tremendous project to be able to work with. And so um, as we uh, get the slides up, I think those are going to be coming up in just a second, so hopefully you'll be able to see some slides as well as we go through. Um, So we we titled this one Confirmation Camp uh, and Experiential Learning, and I I understand that um, it's a little bit ironic that we're talking about experiential learning um, over the Internet and doing a webinar. I'm so much more used to uh, doing interactive things and... um, you know, uh, doing challenge course and group initiative activities and doing face-to-face stuff. So this is, a, this is an odd medium for me. Um, but I hope that it, uh, it allows some of you to hear some of the research that's been going on as it relates to camp, and specifically confirmation camp. Um, but this project isn't just talking about confirmation. It's talking about confirmation and equivalent practices. And so um, the, the exciting thing here is that um, it's not just confirmation camp particularly. It's all of our Christian camps, and how do they function in terms of Christian education and faith formation? And those are some of the things that we're going to be looking at and talking about. Um, and so, um, as we um, go through, and I, I don't know if you guys can see the slides or not, um, because it's not showing on my screen. But uh, hopefully, um, you're, you're seeing the slides, and we should go to the next one, um, which is a slide of my family, um, and. Um, so this is my wife and my two sons. Uh, my wife and I met at Sky Ranch Lutheran Camp out in Colorado. I was a, I was a camper as a child. She was a camper as a child in a camp in Minnesota. Um, and so we both grew up in, in camps and, uh, both of our kids are now going to camp. Uh, this was our first summer that, uh, we sent both of our kids to camp, uh, at the same time, which was, uh, very, uh, it was a unique experience for us to be, uh, camper parents. That was very fun. Um, camp has been a big part of our lives. Uh, as a camper, it, it was uh, the first time that I actually heard a call to ordain ministry, and it came from a fellow camper, somebody who said, man, what are you thinking about getting into engineering for? You should think about getting becoming a pastor. Um, and uh, that stuck with me. And so I was a counselor. Um, I met my wife at camp. I served as program director, and I've been uh, involved in camping for a long time. Um, And so we're talking about camp today, and we're talking about how it relates to youth ministry, to Christian education, and to young people, and and what are some of the things that we learn from camp that some of our pastors and youth ministers who are listening can incorporate into their programs. Um, Yes, sending their kids to camp, but more than that, some of the things that we learn from the camp experience itself that we can incorporate. So as we go to the next slide, um, we think about um, camp is often talked about in terms of anecdotes. And so it's always, you know, this one time at camp I had this great experience, this mountaintop experience, and we base um, our our understanding of camp off of that one experience. Um, Or somebody has a bad experience, um, and they decide they're never going to go back to camp. And so one of the things that was really bothering me when I was serving at camp is that I, uh, was I was understanding, I was wondering where the research was. You know, we've got all this great youth ministry research out there. Why is camp only anecdotal and only stories? Stories are powerful, incredibly powerful. I'm going to be sharing uh, quite a few stories with you today. But I also wanted to know, is there any research out there? Um, and so... You hear these these different things about camp. What do we actually know about camp? And those are some of the things that we're going to be talking about today. Um, And so that's what really drove me into uh, doing the Ph.D., uh, leaving my camp job and starting the Ph.D. at Luther Seminary in St. Paul. Um, And uh, it's been an exciting journey so far, and I'm excited to share some more of that with you. So as we look at the next slide um, and we think of uh, the scope of camp, um, camp is a huge industry. I mean, it's been around since the 1800s. And it's, it's grown into this uh, tremendous, tremendous industry that, that serves more than 11 million children and adults each year. We're talking about 12,000 day-in-resident camps in the United States alone, um, and that doesn't include all of the camping programs that are, that are going on throughout the world. Um, and camps are really divided into four major categories. There's religiously affiliated camps, uh, of which the, the camps that we're talking about today are part, but there's also um, independent nonprofit camps. Um, and there are for-profit camps, um, and then there are, are, are agency camps. And so there's lots of different camping organizations out there. Um, when we think of religious summer camp, that's about a quarter of the camps in the country, um, one of the great stats that we got is from the National Study of Youth and Religion. You've heard of this study, uh, the Christian Smith study, and... Um, and this this happened in 2003, they asked a question about how many young people have attended a religious summer camp with religious songs and teachings in them. And 39% of all youth, ages 13 to 17, reported attending camp at least once. That's a lot of kids that are going to our religious summer camps. And as we look at our mainline Protestant kids, that's over 50%. 53% of them have reported attending religious camp at least once. So we look at camp has this tremendous reach uh, what is actually going on at camp, and what are we actually talking about when we talk about camp? So to we go to the next slide, I mean, the question becomes, what is camp? Because, yeah, I sent my kid to a basketball camp at the YMCA. It's called camp, but it's very different than a camp that involves staying in cabins in the woods with a group of people. Um, and so what do we mean when we talk about camp? There are all sorts of different camps, and they can be rightly called camps. So we've got day camps, and we've got residential camps. Day camps are where the kids don't stay overnight, they go for the day. Um, and there's oftentimes really great programs. Usually they go day after day for, you know, a week at a time or a month at a time. Uh, residential camp is where the kids are staying in um, groups with other kids at the camp. So they're actually staying at the camp. And usually this is for a week at a time. Some camps, it's more like 10 days or two weeks. Some camps stay uh, the whole summer, you know, about eight weeks. Um, and so there are all sorts of different camps that we're talking about. So as we, as, we, as we try to get our minds around this idea of what is camp, um, I think it's helpful uh, to use something that the American Camp Association has come out with. And um, they, they describe this in a little bit of their literature. If we go to the next slide, it's called the essential trinity of organized camping. And they say, you know, camp can be a lot of different things but these are the three things that we're talking about when we're talking about residential camping. That is we're not talking about day camping right now, we're talking about residential camping and we're talking about these three things. We're talking about community living, we're talking about a setting that's away from home, and we're talking about an outdoor recreational setting. So camp is interactive, we're getting dirty at camp, we're we're interacting with other people, it's very experiential learning. And the community living is so important. I found in all these different studies that I've been a part of as far as camp goes that the relationships that are built at camp, the community that's formed at camp is really essential to the camp program itself. And we're going to talk about that more as we go along. This other thing about being away from home. When young people are away from home, they're opened up to new ideas and new experiences. It gives them a chance to, to reimagine who they are, and that includes what their faith is. Do I really believe this stuff? And so being away from home gives them this chance of differentiation from their parents, from their siblings, a lot of times from their peers at school who might have pigeonholed them or, or, or call them names or whatever. They, they have this certain identity at home. And at camp, there, there, there's really this moratorium on that. So they, they, they get a chance to say, who am I really? What do I really think? and be open to new experiences and new ideas in the context of this community, in the context of this experiential outdoor environment. Now, this is something that that describes all of camping, this essential trinity. Um, When we talk about our camps, the camps that we're specifically looking at in this project, um, we're going to go on to the next slide. Um, We're talking about all three of these essential trinity pieces, but it's a Christ-centered ministry. And more than that, I would add that camp is a faithful expression of church. Um, And that's something that uh, not everybody would agree with. Um, But I'm going to make a a pretty strong argument, I think, here that that camp is an expression of the church. So when we're looking at this essential trinity of camping with community living, of being away from home in an outdoor recreational setting, that's combined with everything being caught up with faith and faith practices, and the experiences of God. So it becomes not just community living, it becomes intentional Christian community living. It becomes away from home, being uprooted from the home environment, and being re-rooted in a nurturing Christian environment. And it becomes an outdoor recreational setting that actually makes for a sort of theological playground where kids are are, are asking questions about their beliefs, they're trying new things on, and they're they're participating in Christian practices that they maybe haven't before. Um, So we're going to move on to the next slide, and uh, the the youth ministry literature is really interesting. Um, Some of the folks that are online with us are are probably youth ministry practitioners, and Maybe you've noticed this. I certainly have, that in a lot of the youth ministry literature, camp is either not mentioned at all, or if it is mentioned, it's almost as this sort of embarrassing younger sibling of youth ministry. So youth ministry has been, over the last 30-plus years, uh, been trying to assert itself as something that's deeply theological that something great is happening here, that uh, it's a faithful expression of the church. And so we've got this explosion of youth ministry literature that claims theology as being very important for youth ministry. Um, And it's, uh, it's become part of the Practical Theology Guild. There's been a lot of respect given to youth ministry. But when we see the youth ministry literature, when they talk about camp, it's almost like camp is the fun and games wing of youth ministry. It's almost like uh, we're trying to be deeply theological in youth ministry and then camp comes along and messes it all up because they're just it's theologically shallow Um, and so it's really interesting to look at how camp is portrayed in the youth ministry literature. It's usually not positive. There are a few people I'll I'll certainly mention, uh, Kenda Creasy-Dean who's on the Confirmation Project um, has has written some some, uh, things where she's really looking at camp as something Uh, as a a place where deep theology happens. But she's one of the few that is actually doing that. Um, And so as we move along to the next slide, um, we're looking at common perceptions of camp. Um, And these are some of the things that I hear from multiple people or I see in the literature. Uh, One, uh, camp is theologically shallow. So it's, it's this idea that... Uh, camp is a lot of rah rah hooray Jesus yeah you're talking about God but as far as theology goes it's not very not very deep. Uh, one one pastor described it to me as it's like a mile wide and an inch deep. Um, that there's nothing deeply theological happening. Um, The second perception um, that I hear a lot is that it's all fun and games, and I mentioned that already. Uh, Just this idea that camp is great, it's a great experience, kids are having fun, they're getting outside, that's all wonderful. Um, But as far as faith formation and Christian education, it doesn't have that much of a value. So I hear that as a perception sometimes. Uh, This other one, I'm not sure if you've heard this or not, but I hear this quite a bit, this idea... That camp ruins kids for church. Have you guys ever heard that? Um, this 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 notion that th- they're going to camp and they're having this, expe- this this great experience, and they're they're getting so excited, um, and the worship is interactive, <clears throat> and they get back to church and it's not the same. Uh, as camp, it's not as exciting as camp, so they don't want to come to church anymore. And this, so this idea that 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 camp is ruining kids for church, I've actually heard this about other youth ministry things as well. I mean, camp is not the only thing that gets accused of this. Um, sometimes the national conventions or or, or youth gatherings um, get get accused of that, so they 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 get this you know rock star style worship and then they don't want to go to worship in their home congregation because they expect it to be exciting. Um, and so there's this, this notion out there that I hear a lot, camp ruins kids for church. The other one that you often hear, and this is more of a positive one, um, or at least it's usually couched in that way, is that camp is a mountaintop experience, You know, akin to the, the transfiguration story with Peter, James, and John uh, seeing the transfigured Jesus on the mountaintop. So you have this amazing mountaintop experience that then sustains you in your faith, uh, through your life, or it's, a, it's an aha moment of finding God and Jesus. And we can find, again, this is, goes back to the anecdotes, we can find young people who have had these amazing, life-changing experiences uh, at camp. Um, And camp directors love lifting up these stories because they're powerful. I mean, I had one of those experiences where where I I, I was completely reimagining my faith after the camp experience. That does happen for some people. A lot of our pastors that we talk to that have had camp experiences, they had this kind of transformative experience. And so because there are these individuals that have had this experience, it sometimes gets lifted up as something that's the norm. You go to camp and you have this life-changing mountaintop experience. Well, that's really not the case in all cases. It is the case in some, for some people. Um, But some people have a terrible time at camp. Um, And the people that have a terrible time at camp think that all camp is bad. You know, pastors will go to camp um, and they'll experience one day of it, and they'll see a worship that they think is theologically shallow, or they'll see a lot of rah-rah-hooray Jesus stuff, and they won't see the, the time in the cabins with the intentional faith discussions, and they'll conclude, oh, because of this that I saw, camp must be theologically shallow. Again, it's anecdotal. Um, so, so trying to look at this, um, these perceptions and, and, and really say, are these things accurate? Um, which ones are? Are they partially accurate? Um, So that's what this research is looking at as well. So we're going to try to address some of these as we go along here. So um, some of the the previous research, yeah, we're going to go on to that. Next slide, great, Uh, with uh, the direction study. So if you're not familiar with the American Camp Association, uh, they set the national standards for camps, and um, not all of our uh, religiously affiliated camps are accredited through the American Camp Association, but about half are. Um, and they, they accredit camps throughout the country. They, they do a great job. The other thing that they do uh, recently in the last uh, about 10 years is they're they're really getting into research. Um, and they're looking at all camps, not just religious camps. Um, but this direction study is, is pretty significant. Um, you can find it on their website, acacamps.org, along with a lot of their other uh, research stuff. I wanted to lift this one up uh, because what they did was they surveyed campers at the beginning of camp, at the end of camp, and then six months later to see if there was any growth during the camp experience and then to see if there's any lasting growth. Because um, this, this is another uh, perception of camp is that, okay, you have this growth during camp, but then it quickly fades after camp. The, what the direction study found is that camps do a very good job in fostering growth in these areas of positive youth development that are listed on the right side of the slide there. Um, And um, more than that, the growth that happens persists at least six months later at least some of that growth persists. Um, And you'll notice that spirituality is one of those constructs that they measured um, as part of positive youth development. Uh, So camp does what it tries to do. Um, And those camps that were more focused on spirituality and religion, the campers that went there had higher growth in spirituality. That gives us a a sense that leadership matters and priorities matter at camp. Um, And also camps are very good at education, and experiential education, specifically in these constructs that were that were measured. Uh, Going to go on to the next slide of the the National Study of Youth and Religion. I mentioned this earlier because. Um, in the 2003 wave, that was wave one of their research, they found that 39% of all American teenagers have been to a religious summer camp at least once, um, and that's really interesting. Um, that's really the only statistic that they showed in that book, Soul Searching, that's pictured there. Um, but what we're able to do, because this is a longitudinal study, so they took those same kids that they asked these questions of in 2003, and they, they followed up in 2008 when these young people were emerging, or, were emerging adults or young adults, um, and where are they now? So what we can do is we can look at those who went to camp in comparison to those who did not go to camp. Um, And what we find is really interesting, because we can isolate the camp variable and say, okay, other people who have also gone to church and been to youth group and different things like that hold all these different things constant and look at if there's an independent effect of the camp variable. When we look at individual uh, religious practices, praying by yourself, reading Bible, things like that, um, there doesn't appear to be a long-term effect. However, this this is really interesting. There's a statistically significant independent effect on the communal religious practices five years later. That is, the people who go to camp are much more likely than their peers to be involved in college religious groups, in small group Bible studies, and they're more likely to be attending church as emerging adults. Five years later, this is pretty darn significant. When we when we when we talk about camp uh, drawing people to Christian community, um, that is significant. We we talk a lot and hear a lot about this uh, rising demographic called the nuns. These are the people that are um, claiming no religious affiliation, and so. Um, the, the 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 nuns are on the rise as far as religiosity in America. Um, and a, a Pew Research study just came out earlier this year that showed that they're still rising quite a bit. Um, and so when we look at these young people um, who are going to church or claiming a religion um, in their teens, and then five years later, are they still involved with the religion or not? Some have dropped off and become quote-unquote nuns, N-O-N-E-S, nuns. Um, but when we look at the National Study of Youth and Religion data, this is interesting. Look at this. Those who attended camp as youth in 2003 were over three times more likely to remain religious five years later than those who did not attend camp. That's pretty significant when we're talking about this this rising demographic of nuns. Um, these young people who attended camp are staying involved with religion specifically communal religion um, years after camp the, at a high, grade, high a much higher rate than those who did not attend camp very very significant um, i'd like to get into uh, this the the confirmation project data and study um, and so the next slide um, what we did um, for the national uh, the national sample uh, we asked uh, confirmation leaders pastors. And priests uh, mostly uh, about what they offer in confirmation, and so this is the percent that offers offers confirmation camp. And so when you look at this, this is really interesting, right? You can see the ELCA on the left there. That's the Lutherans. Um, they offer confirmation camp. It's required for about 18 percent, and then it's optional um, for for another for another 30 percent of them. And so it's over 50 percent that um, that offer confirmation camp. And you can see it's much, much lower for the, the other denominations. And so when we were looking at this and trying to figure out um, what sites to visit and who to study, um, the, the Lutherans do confirmation camp. The other traditions don't do it to the same extent. But that doesn't mean that the camp experience doesn't operate as part of the ecology of faith formation along with the confirmation experience. What this simply means is it's not a required thing. This idea of confirmation camp um, is mostly a Lutheran thing. Um, That kind of surprised me um, as I looked at this. You can see the United Methodists also offer it almost 20%, uh, uh, have it either required or optional. When we go to the next slide, we look at retreats. This is kind of another form of getting away um, during a shorter period of time, uh, one to three days uh, for these confirmation retreats. Um, and you can see that, that now it, 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 evens out quite a bit. So, um, just about a third of all of the denominations require some sort of retreat, um, for their, uh, confirmation classes. Um, and so that, that evens out much more. Um, but when we talk about camp, um, uh, we're talking about something that, as far as confirmation camp goes, as far as being required as part of the, the confirmation training, um, it it doesn't translate across the denominations in the same way as as retreats do. Um, But all four of these denominations that are up there, the Lutherans, Episcopalians, Presbyterians, and United Methodists, have strong, very robust camping traditions. And so there's a lot of young people that are going to camp, and this experience at camp um, functions as an equivalent practice of confirmation. So they're learning about the faith, they're growing in their faith, they're having Christian education there at camp that contributes to their learning that they have in the congregation and in the home. And so, um, kind of knowing this and seeing this this large picture, we, we can we can look at the camps themselves. Um, and so what we did was we surveyed uh, the camps. Uh, so this this survey that you see here uh, was or, or or the it was a survey of the national. Um, uh, all of the, the the practitioners, the confirmation leaders. We also surveyed the camp leaders, um, and so we did this last fall. Um, and if you, hopefully, the fall 2004 camp survey summary should be up right now. Um, uh, we surveyed 332 individual camps representing all 50 states. We got a great response for this. Uh, you can see the breakdown um, between Episcopalian, Presbyterian. Uh, Lutheran and United Methodist. Uh, So we got a great response, and we're able to to get some ideas of the trends in camping through this survey. And based on this survey, we decided uh, which four camps we were going to be visiting, because we wanted to visit one camp in each of the four traditions. And so going on to that next slide, uh, we chose these four camps based on that nationwide survey of the camps. And so the camps are Camp All Saints. It's an Episcopal camp uh, near Dallas, Texas. Camp Stronghold in Illinois. uh, It's near Rockford. And yes, that is a castle that they have at Camp Stronghold. Uh, A United Methodist uh, confirmation camp program uh, that operated a a program at Lake Tahoe in California. Uh, This one wasn't an established camp as far as a camp site goes, uh, but they they offer a camp program every other year as part of their confirmation training program, so it was a pretty significant site to visit. Um, And then Camp Lutherland, uh, which is obviously a Lutheran camp uh, in Pennsylvania, and that was a confirmation camp program that we visited there. So it was these four camps, and I'll be sharing some stories about these four camps um, and some of the data that we found um, from this and from the survey of camps. So as we look at the next slide, this is from the camp director survey so the camp director survey again 332 different camps are represented here uh, and they had to agree or disagree on a whole series of questions how much do you agree with these different things these are the top five things they're in agreement uh, about and the first two were above the others by far over 90 percent agree with those first two so camp is a place to unplug from technology no cell phones, computers, things like that. And faith formation and practices should be incorporated into all aspects of camp life. These two things end up being very significant as we talk about what does Christian camping mean in the Protestant tradition. We're unplugging. We're unplugging from technology. Specifically, we're unplugging from our cell phones and our computers, uh, and we're having face-to-face interaction. And we're, we're, we're being plugged into a new environment uh, of, of community living, and then this this idea of faith formation and practice is being incorporated into everything um, camp is much more successful when this is this is the case when uh, faith is incorporated into all activities and it 's not siloed as like okay we 're going to have bible study time and now we 're going to go do something fun um, it 's While we're walking to and from individual places, we can have a conversation about God. Um, While we're doing this activity, we're going to be looking at this Bible verse and how that applies to our lives and to this specific activity. So it's experience in the moment and it's faith formation in the moment. As we go on to the the next one, this is a a really interesting one. Uh, We also asked uh, these directors to uh, rate um, the items that were most important to them, um, to their camp. Um, so, how much importance does their camp place on these different things? And there were a whole bunch of items. There were like there were like 17 or 18 different items. So these are the top six. The reason I include the top six is that I want you to notice what number six is. Number six is fun for all participants. Now, one of the things that people agree with um, in all of the focus groups that I did and the interviews that I did, everybody agrees that camp is fun and should be fun. We can all agree with that. Now, obviously, when we look at number one there, the directors are most concerned with the participant safety. The, these parents are entrusting the young people to the camps. The camp directors want to make sure that the kids are safe. They go home safe. That's priority number one. So it's great to see that in the survey it comes out as number one. What's interesting to me, fun is number six, safety is number one. So there's all these things in between um, these things that we know are valued at camp. Safety and fun are things that are, are valued by every camp. And so when we look at what makes Christian camping unique, what makes Protestant camping unique, we see numbers two, three, four, and five. Fellowship and community building. How important that is at camp. Building relationships, building community. This idea of self esteem and character building. We focus on the individuals, we focus on the young person saying, Who am I? Who am I really? Um, very, very important at camp. Number four, facilitating participants' experiences of or encounters with God. This is so, so important at camp that they're actually opening up space that these young people might have an actual experience of God. And number five, individual faith formation. Uh, We want want the young people to grow in their faith. So these four things, um, they, they, they operate together. The fellowship and community building operates within the faith forming community um, and operates within this this, place where they're they're experimenting and they're encountering God and they're having these different experiences. Um, And so this this leads us to um, big idea number one, and that's the next slide. We're going to try to have some, some, some big ideas and takeaways. So I've got six of these. So here's big idea number one camp is more than fun and games. It's not that it's not fun and games. It's more than fun and games. It's, yes, we're having fun. Yes, we're playing games. And we're learning about God while we're doing it. That's a big takeaway because the kids are actually having enjoyment and associating positive memories, positive experiences with learning about God. That is essential for faith formation, essential for Christian education. So as I was sitting um, at this camp um, in uh, Pennsylvania, Lutherland. I uh, will go on to the next slide. There's a picture here. Uh, and this is the amphitheater at Lutherland in Pennsylvania. And I was sitting there trying to get my head around, you know, what is camp? Um, what goes on in the camp environment? How do I describe this and so here 's this sanctuary you can see the altar there in front. you can see the beautiful setting there's there 's a wooden cross that 's sort of difficult to see in the picture, but it 's there um, and it 's this amphitheater seating there 's a creek that 's babbling nearby and so i 'm sitting here kind of meditating and praying and in silence trying to think about how do I describe camp and then I hear from off to my right all clear and off to my left, clear! From my right, zipping, zip away. And then I hear this And this young girl goes ziplining literally right past that wooden cross, right through the sanctuary. As we think about what is camp and how do these things function together, maybe it's helpful to think of it like a zipline through a sanctuary. It's this fun, exciting experience. It's very unique in terms of experiences, and it's in the midst of this religious environment, this caring Christian environment that lifts the young people up. It's fun, and it's this exciting experience, and it's faith formation, and there's a community supporting us. There's people releasing us on one end of the zip line, and on the other end, there are faithful people waiting there to receive us and to help us down from the zip line. Camp is much more than fun and games. And all of these things, I would argue, at camp, they function together. It's the zip line, it's the belayers and the community that surround the young person, and it's the sanctuary. It's being in this beautiful place, but not just this beautiful place, this faith-forming community at camp. Going on to the next slide, we're going to look at uh, this. This is from a, the camper survey. So these four camps that I went to, um, we surveyed campers on the first day and on the last day. We're, we're trying to get some responses uh, after camp as well, and those are still coming in. So it's exciting that we get to look at this data kind of as it comes in. Um, so we asked the same questions, same 17 things. They, they had to rate uh, how strongly they agree with them. Um, and these are the five that showed the most growth, during the course of the camp experience. Significant growth, I might add. Statistically significant. These are the top five, and I want you to look at these and read them. I have important things to offer the church and the world. It is important for me to belong to my church congregation. Jesus' death on the cross offers salvation. When I grow up, I plan to participate in the life of a church congregation and I want to participate in the leadership of worship services. Look at these and notice that four of the five have something very specific in common, and that is the young people seem to be leaving camp with more of a desire to participate in their home congregation and their home church. This is incredibly significant. Think about this, this idea that people have, this preconceived notion that some have that camp ruins kids for church. These kids are going home more excited about church, more excited about participating in the life of a congregation and leading worship services. This is incredibly significant. They could have grown on all sorts of different things. These are the ones that showed the most growth. That is important. So that leads us to big idea number two. That's on the next slide, big idea number two. Christian camp experiences lead to greater engagement in congregations. This corroborates what we found in the National Study of Youth and Religion that showed five years later the kids who went to camp are more engaged in communal religious practices. This corroborates that evidence. And so, so when we find uh, a double evidence for something like this that's pretty darn significant, uh, what does camp do? Camp gets kids excited about Christian community. And they want to live that out in the way that they know how, and for the kids that are attending these camps, that is in their home congregation. They go away empowered to lead, empowered to participate in their home congregations. Let's go to the next slide. Um, This is the boys' room at uh, the United Methodist Camp Experience in Lake Tahoe. You'll see it's pretty narrow. Uh, I think we had uh, three adult men and four teenage boys stuffed in that room. The smell was uh, amazing. It was, uh, I'm sure, a newly invented smell. Uh, It was a really wonderful experience at at Tahoe. Uh, We were in a, 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 a small retreat house. And this is just where the boys were housed. Um, And it was my last night that I I was there that this happened. So I kind of came in late. I had uh, typed up some of the experiences from the day. I was was flying out early the next morning. I had been with these kids for four days, um, and I kind of snuck back in the room, and it was late. They had been in bed for a while. And I should say that at this camp, um, they had they had a fairly strict bedtime policy. Like you had to be quiet after you got in the room, uh, because if you if you were caught talking after lights out, you could lose privileges the next day. I mean, they were pretty strict on this stuff. And so so I walk into this room and it's silent as it has been the last uh, three nights that I've been there. Um, and and I, and I get in there and I and I, I go I, I go into my sleeping bag, and I'm starting to fall asleep. And then I hear this whisper uh, from the bunk straight across from me. And, you know, he's, he's literally five feet away, right? He goes, Jake, Jake. And I'm like, geez, you're not supposed to be talking. What? And he said, do you want to take a selfie together in the morning? Do you want to take a selfie together? Now, you guys, show of hands, who knows what a selfie is? All right, raise your hands, good. Yeah, so, so we know what selfies are, right? So they, they, people hold their phone and they take a picture of themselves, right? I mean, why can't you get somebody else to, to take a picture? I mean, that's not really the point. The point of a selfie is you get to do it yourself. And so one of the things about confirmation that we're trying to get these young people to do is own the faith, right? Do they really believe this stuff? And so it's in some ways, we're asking them to take a selfie. Take a selfie. And is Jesus going to be in that selfie? All right, This is where you get ownership of it. I really think a selfie is about having ownership of the picture, having ownership of how I tell my story. And so when this young person asked me late at night, after lights out, will you take a selfie with me in the morning? I had to stop a minute and think about that. A selfie together. When I tell my story, I want you to be in it that's pretty darn powerful. That is one of the things that happens at camp. These young people build these relationships with adult mentors, with the, 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 the counselors that they interact with, um, but also with the pastors and other adults that are, that are at camp. Um, and we're, we're asking them to tell their story. This is a chance for you to tell your story. Who do you want in it? Um, and so I think that's incredibly powerful. Um, as we go on to big idea number three, the next slide. Camps are effective because they take young people seriously. They say, no, really, you hold the camera. You take the picture. Who's going to be in it? Is God going to be in it? What's going to be in the background? I think this is something that's incredibly profound. Um, one of, the, one of the camps that I went to, this was the, the All Saints in Texas, um, one of the things that really sets them apart as a camp is their discipline model. I mean, really, their discipline model. That sounds like a weird thing um, to, to set a camp apart, but here's what they do. They, they have this model where if there's, if there's a conflict between two campers or somebody's got a behavioral, behavioral problem, they don't just have the counselor say, stop doing that or else this will happen to you they sit down with the campers and they facilitate a conversation and the the hallmark of this is they respect the dignity and the autonomy of the campers themselves and so the young people sit down together and together they come up with a plan for how they're gonna correct the behavior they're gonna take ownership of it this involves repentance this involves forgiveness they're actually taking ownership of the situation itself Um, at, at all the camps that I that I looked at the campers are in leadership roles Camps are effective because they take these young people seriously. They say, what do you want to do? Your opinions matter. Your questions matter. As we look at on the, the camper surveys, the, the kids that showed the most growth in, in these uh, f- uh, faith-forming um, uh, variables and the ones that, 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 that said they, they agreed with, I, I was strengthened in my faith, it's correlated most significantly with this other variable that said my questions were taken seriously. This idea that what I want to do, my ideas, my questions, they're taken seriously in the place of camp and that results in faith formation. Big idea, big takeaway from camp. Do you have an environment? that really takes the young people seriously and takes their questions seriously allows them to doubt very very important On to the next slide Um, at camp challenge courses happen high ropes happen experiences happen camp is a place where people are on belay that's when you're on the high ropes and you're connected by a rope to somebody on the ground the community has you and you're experiencing these things together so that that goes to our next slide, our next big idea, big idea number four. Camps are effective because they take experience seriously. It's not just information. It's about experience. So I was at uh, Stronghold in, in, um, in Illinois, and we were inside this castle, right? And that's where they were doing the, the, the confirmation retreat that I was at. And it's this beautiful, great hall of this this castle, and there's all these opportunities for interactive learning, and much of it was interactive. And then (laughs) there was this part where they wanted to get through some of the actual curriculum. So they sat the kids down on these hard seats, and they put a PowerPoint projector and a screen in front of this beautiful fireplace, and all of a sudden the kids are watching this PowerPoint. And, And immediately the eyes glaze over, and they're back in class, right? And then, as the presentation is happening, a bat flies through and buzzes the crowd. And suddenly, we're not in a classroom any, anymore. We're experiencing something together, and the, kid, the girls are saying, oh, look how cute he is, isn't that great? And the boys are like, "Ah, oh, a bat! And it's just hilarious, and we're, we're having this experience together. And now the facilitator has a decision to make, right? Are we going to acknowledge the interruption? Are we going to acknowledge the experience? Or are we going to say, be quiet, focus on the PowerPoint, right? Camp is a place where we take the experiences seriously and creative interruptions happen, and we roll with them. And so everything that is done at at these camps, these very effective camps, that is, um, faith is incorporated into them. And we're saying, all right, we're going to talk about forgiveness, and then a few minutes later, we might actually have to forgive one another. And we're not just going to say, okay, you apologize. We're going to sit down and we're going to say, what's up? Who's got ownership of this issue? Can we accept that, and can we forgive one another? Camps take experience seriously. We're not just learning about it, we're actually doing it. There's all these topics that we were measuring on the camp survey. Did you learn about sacraments? Did you learn about creed? Did you learn about Bible? And they, 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 they varied depending on the camp, depending on the topics, but one that was consistent across the camps was the topic experiences of or encounters of God, with God. That is, I learned more about experiences of or encounters with God. And the kids who said that they learned more about this, that correlated strongly with those who grew in their faith. It's a place of experiencing God. And they list this as an actual topic that they learned about at camp. I love it. All right, we've got to move on real quickly because uh, we're, we're running low on time. Lake Tahoe, I'm going to share this story um, uh, probably at the end because it's this beautiful story of uh, these young people Uh, who are at Lake Tahoe, uh, they're learning about confirmation, they're learning about baptism, and some of them haven't been baptized. And basically they, they say, sort of like the Ethiopian eunuch in Acts, here's water, here's Lake Tahoe, what's preventing me from being baptized? So we had this incredible experience of baptizing these young people, the pastors were there, the parents were there as chaperones, it was perfect, this other youth group came in and, and laid hands on the kids, it was this tremendous experience, and one of the kids asked this question, and that led two of the other kids in the group who were there to say, I haven't been baptized either, can I be baptized? And so we had to go through this whole thing. Can we do it? Should we do it? And then we get out to the lake, and you can see how the weather is. This is us walking out to the lake uh, to do this baptism, and the thunderclouds are rolling in, there was lightning, and we're baptizing these kids. What an experience. What an experience. And it was the community that surrounded them. That leads us to big idea number five. Camps are affected because they take Christian community seriously. This community setting of camp, um, being embedded in Christian community, feeling like they can trust one another. Camps are so effective because of this. In fact, it might be more effective in your confirmation classes to build trust and relationships among the kids than it is to cover curriculum on specific topics because the community living itself is living out the Christian faith. How do we live out faith with one another? And this is face-to-face interaction that they have. Um, It's really interesting that the campers... Um, in the focus groups, they identified being away from technology as something that helped them live into this community better because I don't have my cell phone, because people aren't always looking at texts. We're having face-to-face interaction. That was significant at camp. Um, And finally, we're just going to move on to big idea number six. Uh, This idea of camp, it's not just a magic formula. It's not just we we throw a bunch of kids together outdoors and uh, sprinkle in some Jesus and it happens. Uh, one of the camps that uh, was studied, uh, the campers showed significantly less increase in these faith formation categories than the other three. And it's because of leadership. Leadership matters. Priorities matter. And so when, when we're talking about camps, what kind of camp is it? What? Who's leading it? Um, what are the priorities of camp? Because these sorts of things really matter. How they do things, how they hire their summer staff members, just like in our churches. It matters how we do it. It's not just, oh, it's a church, so it's holy, right? It's the community. It's the leadership. It's the, it's the, uh, the, the people who are there at, at, at that time. So um, I just wanted to leave you with that big idea, number six. Camp is not a, a magic formula. Going on to the, the all six big ideas are, are there together, um, and I'll have those on the screen as we uh, go into question time.
0: Thanks, Jacob. I, want you to keep talking this is so interesting and exciting to to hear about. Um, I've gotten to hear Jacob present parts of this and it's kind of the uh, research is definitely emerging and coming together and um, it's fun to see um, how this is I don't know. There's so much we can learn from your research that's coming out, so I'm grateful for that. Um, We do have some questions for you, Jacob, that have um, popped up from um, folks. I would encourage you also now, if you have a question, um, go ahead and type it in. We have about 10 minutes or so remaining, so I'll um, go ahead and ask Jacob. Um, one of the questions that Michael has is, um, do you have any thoughts on how churches can facilitate effective reintegration of the youth back into the church after camp experiences?
1: Great. Thanks for that question. It's, it's, a, it's a really great question. It's an important issue. As, as, I, as I use that uh, zip line to the sanctuary analogy, um, we, we think of um, at the end of a zip line, if you've ever done a zip line, you know, you're just hanging there at the end until somebody grabs a ladder and helps you down. Um, And so sometimes these kids, um, they come back from the camp experience all excited and they're left dangling on the line um, because people don't know how to effectively engage them or they don't think it's important. They just say, okay, they had this great experience and yeah, it was, it was it was fun and games and it wasn't that big a deal for faith formation. I hope that this convinces some of our pastors and our, and our, and our, our youth leaders that camp is very significant for faith formation. It's something that we need to pay attention to. So I, I would say number one in response to the question is, let's pay attention to these kids when they're coming home from camp. Let's find out about their experience and find out, What they want to do to engage. Because they're coming back basically begging for a ladder. Basically begging for someone to help them down from the zip line. I want to be more involved in my congregation. I want to be involved with leadership of worship services. Are the churches going to allow that is the question. Oh, we'll work you in sometime in December or January. That's not good enough. What are we going to do right now? These kids are immediate. They're coming off of this experience and they're, they're trying to process it. How are they going to process it if nobody's there to guide them? Sorry, I keep bringing up the Ethiopian Eunuch story from Acts, but it's very—I mean—it's very important in this case. I mean, who is guiding them? And it's—it's it's the, the the leaders in the congregations. One thing I will say um, about the camp experiences that I saw—the ones that had pastors there. Not necessarily even the pastors from the particular churches, but they had people representing the church there that the young people could talk to. The Episcopal Church is very good about welcoming deans in, so they have these priests or pastors or or deacons that come in um, and help lead at camp. The Confirmation Camp Experience at Lutherland had the, the kids, Confirmation Leaders and Pastors there, so they were able to have the experience alongside the kids and then go home. That really helps with the transition. Pastors go to camp. Experience it with your kids. Youth leaders, go to camp. And if you're not there, when the kids come back, take them seriously. Because at camp, they were taken seriously.
0: Yeah, that's great. Actually, a couple of our questions relate to that. I'll get to one of those um, in just a minute. I want to remind everybody also if you're having trouble posting you might need to sign into your Google account um, in order to post a question. So I think you can view this without being signed in but in order to post a question you might need to sign in. So hopefully if you're wanting to post a question go ahead and um, try that. Hopefully it works. Um, Another question um, that relates to this is. from Ann, and she says that at her church a group of pastors take confirmants to the local Lutheran camp, and the pastors are there teaching while the camp staff provides the usual junior high camp. Um, Has your research addressed situations where the pastors are the teachers?
1: Yeah, um, actually the uh, two of the four camps that I went to were confirmation camp programs where the pastors were teaching. One of them, the the United Methodist Church um, camp, the pastors basically led the whole camp experience. They had some, some young people from the congregation serving as mentors and small group facilitators, but otherwise they led a lot of the experience, um, and uh, they were the, the kids' home pastors that were leading that camp experience. So that's certainly an option. Um, the, the Lutheran camp is probably closer to uh, what, what Anne is talking about. Uh, that's Lutherland in Pennsylvania, um, where the, the pastors took the, the youth for an educational time, uh, you know, confirmation time, and then the rest of the time they were with the counselors, and so that was uh, that was what happened at Lutherland, and it was incredibly effective. Uh, the counselors felt like the kids were being taken away from them because they wanted more time with the kids and so they were they were talking about oh I felt like I needed to give 300% whenever I was with the kids and the, the, the pastors talked about uh, how wonderful it was to be able to interact with their kids both in a formal setting and in for their class time and in more of the informal settings because all of the pastors stayed at camp. It's a wonderful camp, camp uh, confirmation camp model um, that, they, that they do there at Lutherland and some of our other Lutheran camps do similar things where the pastors are there and they'll teach part Of it. They'll teach an hour or they'll teach two hours. Um, And I found, I mean, the the statistics really show that it was very, very effective to have the pastors there.
0: Great. Um, And I have another question for you from Bill. How does the follow up from the local church youth ministry factor into these statistics? Or I might broaden that to just say your research.
1: Right. This is a great question. And the the short answer as far as the statistics go is that we we don't have long-term statistics now about the camp experience as kids are reintegrated and what factors specifically in the youth ministry programs or the church programs uh, help them reintegrate better. And we need better statistical data for that. This is new. Like I said, I mean, there's not much out there about camp research. This is some of the first stuff that we're actually doing looking at the Christian summer camp experience. Um, And so um, how do they factor in? Um, I've got some ideas and I've got some, uh, and I I think I've shared some of those as far as um, people who take it seriously or people who were there at camp with the kids. Um, I think those factor in quite a bit. Um, But a lot of these kids are going to camp, and they don't have a youth ministry back in their church, or they don't have a youth minister, um, or people aren't paying attention to what happened with them at camp. And so when they get home, They're trying to incorporate it. They're trying to figure out how does this fit into my life, but a lot of them are doing it by themselves. And um, that's where I I, I really think we need our our, our people at home. Uh, And that includes parents. Absolutely, it includes parents. And I think uh, that's one of the things maybe our camps can do a better job of is making strong connections to these congregations, but also making strong connections to these parents and empowering these parents to help the young people process their camp experience. So they're talking about it in the home. (coughs) Excuse me, because remember, these kids at camp, they're going through these Christian practices every day, morning, noon, and night, morning devotions, evening devotions. They're doing Bible study. They're worshiping every day. And so they get home. They can do this with their family, and they should. And so few of the young people are are reading the Bible and praying with their family. Uh, that was one of the questions we asked on the survey, and very few of them, a very low percentage, less than 50%, are doing that on any sort of regular basis, even weekly. Um, and so how can our camps help send the kids home with the tools to help lead their families in devotions? I think that would be incredibly powerful.
0: So um, one thing that comes to mind and is... Uh, which is very tangentially related. My, I, I have a son who's in preschool, and every day they'll send um, the, with him home by email a um, list of questions to ask. Ask about the grasshopper that we saw on the playground or ask about... Um, you know, painting and what we painted today and what happens when you mix red and yellow. Um, It's very, it gives me a real resource for talking with him, especially because he's only three. And if I say, how was your day? He's like, oh, it was good. But he doesn't really remember the details. Um, Do you have any ideas for just really practical things that maybe um, camp leaders or congregations can do to make the connections um, or do some of the... um, do some of the work to help reintegration um, that, yeah. that you've been talking about because I think I imagine um, well you worked as a director and your wife's a pastor. so um, what are some just suggestions you might have for how to make that happen um, right. more effectively?
1: That's, that's a great question and that's something that I that, that is it's a big passion of mine. How can we connect our camps with the congregations better? Um, because some of the some of the the, the national statistics that we had from the camp directors show that some of the camps and congregations are pulling apart. Um, some of the some of the congregations aren't supporting their camps, and some of the camps are saying, "Well, what are we going to do now? We got to go with other clientele." Um, and so there, there there appears to be at least for quite a few of our camps a widening gap. Um, some of our camps are doing a very good job of trying to do things that the kids might be accustomed to in church at camp, so they come to camp worship, and it's not just woohoo; it's totally new. It's like there's a connection point, point. and suddenly their bodily way of being is saying, "I'm in worship." And then when they're back in their congregation, and here's the question, are there camp songs in your, in your worship service? The Episcopal camp I was at, it, it was such a structured worship service. They had the tinkly bells at communion. They had the whole deal. It was an hour-long worship service. One of the, one of the, the, the deacons or priests preached. It was the whole thing. It looked exactly like it would in an Episcopal uh, church, except the music. The music, were camp songs, and praise songs. And one of the priests kind of said, sadly, they're never going to allow this in their churches back home.
0: Mm.
1: And I said, really? They're never going to allow that? I mean, these kids are excited about their faith. They're excited about worship. It's a very traditional worship right out of the Book of Common Prayer. And yet, they're not able to do this back home. Um, So incorporating some of those things from camp, specifically the music, Because the kids that had a a powerful experience with the music, saying they enjoyed the music and songs, and the worship services showed a higher growth rate than the kids in other enjoyment. Like, I enjoyed my counselor, I enjoyed the campers, I enjoyed the whole experience. Those things didn't correlate as well with the faith growth as the music and the worship experience. So how are you incorporating these things in your congregation? Do the kids have ownership of worship in your congregation? Because they do at camp, and if they get back to your congregation and they have zero ownership and they have zero say, they're going to say, like they were saying um, to me in the focus groups, you know, church isn't for me. It's for adults. Camp is for me. Church is not for me. Is church for the kids? That's the question, and I think camp raises that very well, Um, and, and it raises a challenge for our congregations. But it's on the camps too. The camps need to do a better job um, making sure that there's strong connections with congregation. It's,
0: it sounds like there's a lot of a work to of work to do, but. Um... It's realistic and something that we can um, work together. Thank you, Jacob, for leading us for this um, wonderful presentation on camp and experiential learning. Um, I'd invite all of you who were participating today through watching to learn more about our project. Um, You can do that at our website, which is www.theconfirmationproject.com. You can sign up to be on our mailing list where we'll be sending out invitations to um, future webinars um, and also our research as it emerges. Um, You can also sign up there to participate in our study um, that's going to be happening in 2015 and 2016 throughout this upcoming calendar year. Thanks for joining us.